It's time for a wellness revolution. Brought to you by Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. Honest discussion on maintaining health and wellness naturally to enjoy a better quality of life. He's the doctor fighting to let you keep your doctor. Now, Dr. Stephen Hotsi. Dr. Hotsi's Wellness Revolution podcast is brought to you by Physicians Preference Pharmacy, formerly Hotsi Pharmacy. Welcome to Dr. Hotsey's Wellness Revolution. I'm Stacey Banfield here with Dr. Stephen Hotsey, founder of the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center. We've got a great show today. We've got Dr. Thomas Levy, and he is an expert on supplements and how supplements can actually help you live longer. So we'll be talking about vitamin C, magnesium, and delving into some other supplements as well. Dr. Hotsey. Thank you so very much, and thank you for joining us today on Dr. Hotsey's Wellness Revolution. Yeah, we have a revolution going in the country where we want you and everybody you know to take charge of their own health. No doctor, no pharmaceutical company, insurance company, no spouse, no politician is in charge of your health. You and you alone are in charge of your health. And if you want to be healthy, there are measures and habits that you can develop that will keep you healthy, enabling you to fight off all kinds of infections and diseases that commonly plague mankind for for uh, since the beginning of time. And we have today on our program a man whose work and individually I have admired for decades is Dr. Thomas Levy. Dr. Thomas Levy is a board-certified cardiologist. He happens to be a bar-certified lawyer on top of it. So he's got both things going for him. But Dr. Levy a fascinating board-certified cardiologist who has promoted for decades the use of vitamin C. In fact, he's written a wonderful book entitled Curing the Incurable. It is a must-read about vitamin C, and we're going to visit with vitamin C. And you know, you all that have listened to my program, you know what a strong advocate I am for vitamin C. If I had just, if I had Two things that I, or if I had any two, if I could only give two vitamin or mineral supplementation recommendations, that's all that they allowed, I would pick vitamin C and I would pick magnesium. Those two would be key in my book. Guess who's written books about both these? Dr. Levy, and we're going to talk about at least vitamin C today. We may get into magnesium. So I agree 100% that those are the top two. And, uh, and if I had only one prescription I could write, or two prescriptions I would write, I would write for desiccated thyroid, and I would write for men testosterone, to put a tiger back in your tank, boys. And also, natural female hormones, I would pro- I'd recommend progesterone for women. So those are two of the prescription, compounded prescription. And I make all the rest, leave it alone. If you took those the rest of your life, thyroid, Natural replenisher, natural sex hormones. Took vitamin C and and uh, and took magnesium. You'd be much better off and live a much longer, healthy life. And w- by the way, as we age, our goal is, with all our guests, is to have you have energy, vitality, and enthusiasm for life. If you can be alive, you might as well be enthusiastic about it. So remember, enthusiasm being means to be filled with the Spirit of God, in theos. Theos is the Greek word for God. In means to be filled, to be filled with God, to be enthusiastic about, the, about being here. God's created you, and you have a purpose in life. Be excited about it. 
and go out and make things happen. So we're making things happen today on this podcast by having one of the leading experts in the world, or probably the leading expert on vitamin C in the world, Dr. Thomas Levy, who lives now in Florida. And that's a great place to be, by the way. And I know he's enjoyed it down there. Probably, if he had it, if he everything was right, he'd probably be out playing on the golf course today. But instead, I have him in here doing a podcast. So he's been kind enough to forego his pleasure to help us educate ourselves on vitamin C. So, Doctor Levy, let's start with a background uh, first about yourself. Tell us about yourself. I know that uh, you ended up going to Tulane University Medical School. And uh, you did your undergraduate study there. You also did your postgraduate training there in internal medicine and then in cardiology. But you all, and then you trained in law in Denver at law school. So, but tell us, as a cardiologist, how in the world, what made you transfer your attention and transition into more natural approaches to health? Ah, uh, three words, Dr. Hal Huggins. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, sure, with the dentist and oh, Doctor Huggins and and warns us, warns everybody about uh, the dangers of uh, root canals. Sure, I know Doctor Huggins. Well, I met Doctor Hal Huggins in Colorado Springs in 1993. I'd had a cardiology practice for about six or seven years, and we got to talk, and he said, "Come by my clinic." Now, I had had an incident at the hospital that really got me. I decided to leave that hospital. It has such a distaste in my mouth, but in so doing, I immediately lost 60% of my practice. That's how bad a scenario it was. But what that did was, in life, I've found every good thing is preceded by something bad that pushes you in a direction you would have never gone before. Right. So just about the same time, my cardiology practice went down 60%. I had time on my hands. Along come Dr. Huggins. He says, come to my clinic, see what we're doing. Well, I saw things at this clinic I've never seen anywhere before in my life. I saw diseases get better that aren't supposed to get better. I saw some diseases resolve that aren't supposed to resolve. I even saw some multiple sclerosis patients taking a few hesitant steps for the first time in years. And in particular, I saw this one incredibly sick patient getting hours of excruciating dental work, all types, extractions and everything else. The type of things that puts a college kid to bed for a week when they get the wisdom teeth taken out, you know? And this lady, after the dental work, looked more energetic than you could imagine. And I said, man, something's not right here. And I said, what's going on, Hal? And he pointed at the IV bag. I said, okay, IV bag. I've done IVs all my life. Well, he said, it's what's in it that counts. I said, okay, you, you got me. How much? What's going on? He said, there's 50 grams of vitamin C in that IV bag. And it infused continuously throughout the dental work and ended up after the dental work was completed. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but personally, I never try to deny the truth of something that I personally witness. And there was no way to undo that observation. No way to go into denial, no way to say, well, it's just whatever it is. And from that day on, my work and my research with vitamin C started. Well, that's absolutely an incredible story uh, about your meeting with Hal Huggins. And the point you make uh, is that when you see somebody 
resolve signs, symptoms of, of a disease that they have with a treatment that you've never heard about before, you immediately think something's going on here. And, and let me give you a quick example of that, uh, Dr. Levy. I, uh, I, I followed Dr. Julian Whitaker, and I got into natural approaches to health very similar to the way you did. Uh, you had an adversity. You lost your, you, you know, you for some one reason or another, you ended up leaving the hospital, lost sixty percent of your practice. Well, that's not, you know, in your practice, and that's loss of income. That's big, you know. What am I going to do next? That's what you're asking yourself. And we believe that in every adversity, there's a seed of equal or greater benefit. My dad had a heart problem in '89, and after he had had a blown angioplasty and 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 uh, emergency bypass surgery. Getting out of the hospital weeks later, he called me over to the house, had me read one of Dr. Whitaker's newsletters, Julian Whitaker, who I know you know, uh, out in California. And Dr. Whitaker talked about heart disease. And his ultimate conclusion was, don't let the doctors invade your body. If all you do after a heart attack is eat correctly, lose weight, exercise, take vitamins and minerals, you're going to do well. You only have a 1% chance of dying. Everything else increases your risk of dying if you let the doctors invade your body. And Dad asked what I thought. I said, Dad, I don't know. You know, I, I wish we'd have tried this. And he said, well, this doctor says I need vitamins. What do I need to take? And I looked at my dad like a deer in headlights, and I said, Dad, I'm a doctor. What do I know about vitamins? And he said, son, would you find out? I said, yes, sir, I would. I was the oldest of eight, seven boys, and I did. Now I have a multimillion-dollar vitamin store, Hosey Vitamins, here. And I didn't know about vitamins. I was never taught anything. So I started to study and learn about vitamins. So out of my father's adversity, just like out of your adversity, it led me down a different path. And so when you went to Hal Huggins and saw this happen, guess what? You said, I've got to try it. I mean, it worked here. Maybe if it worked on that patient, maybe it'll work on my patients as well. That's what I did with my dad. When I got my dad healthy and well, you know, and he had congestive heart failure, and he did great. Um, and, and once I got him on vitamins and minerals and got him on his hormones and all that, he did wonderful in his 70s up to 80. So it, it, w- it was a great experience for that. Well, that's exactly – so it was, it was out of that when I learned – out of that, I followed Dr. Whitaker, and he wrote about an article about natural hormones. And he, in one of the chapters in his book on natural hormones was about progesterone. I'd never heard about it before. So I, re- of course, I knew I knew about it just from uh, biochemistry, but I never heard of it as in a, as a treatment. And Doctor um, Doctor John Lee had written this book about it, and I and I found out about progesterone. As a matter of fact, after I read Doctor Whitaker's book on pro on uh, on natural hormones, treatment with natural hormones, and his chapter on progesterone, I walked into my office the next day into the in the first uh, in the afternoon. I came back see my first guest patient, and, and, and it was Lark Steele, who's, who's been on our radio program before, so I can mention her name. And she said, Dr. Hosey, would you like to hear what Dr. Lee has to say about progesterone? I said, I'd love to. I just read about it last night, and there's an old adage, you've heard it, when the student is ready, the teacher does arrive. And that's what happened with you and Hal Huggins. When you were ready, the teacher arrived, and it was Hal Huggins. It was John Lee for me. I got his number serendipitously, called him on the phone the next day, and I said, where do I get this progesterone? He said, get it at a compounding pharmacy. I said, what's a compounding pharmacy? And he told me, now I own a compounding pharmacy here at the Hotel Health Wellness Center, and we compound our own progesterone. But 
So out of my dad's adversity, out of your out of that out of your adversity, you found a different pathway. And this is what I found. Most physicians, in fact, every physician I've ever talked to that does natural approaches to health either had a personal problem themselves, a family member had a problem, or and that is what pointed them in the direction of natural approaches to health. So I gave you my story just as a is is a confirmation of how this works, folks. When the teacher, when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive, and the teacher arrived for Dr. Levy. So where did that take you? So you saw this 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 uh, dental patient do extremely well after this dental procedure was done, having been on vitamin C during the procedure. What did you do with that information? Well, uh, let me say this before I go to that. If you're talking about destiny and feelings and things turning in your life, a full three or four months before any of this happened, I was sitting in my cardiology office, wasn't seeing a patient at the time, and I just had this overwhelming feeling that, you know, cardiology is fine and good, but this isn't what I want to do the rest of my life. I need to be doing something else. I just don't know what it is. So that was my mindset when all of this happened. But since that happened, when I first saw what the vitamin C did, well, then Dr. Huggins uh, asked me to be a consultant in his clinic. And ironically enough, the consultative position paid me better than the cardiology did. (laughs) So I I didn't suffer at all economically. Uh, I saw a lot of stuff. Hal was uh, an expert on laboratory and diet uh, and the things that would uh, normalize when you took certain supplements. So... I would see the patients at an initial consultation, but even more significantly, I would do telephone follow-ups with them for one or two or three months or more after they left the clinic. And then you'd really see the dramatic improvements uh, in biochemical tests and everything else as time went on. And then somewhere about six months into it, I also saw Dr. Huggins have a lawyer on retainer. And I said, my God, you're a, you're a healthcare care practitioner, you have a lawyer on retainer. And that was because you're a target. And it was a crazy intuition, but I just decided that uh, I got a lot of time on my hands and I got enough money, I think I'll get a law degree. <laughs> and that, was it. that was my entire motivation. I look at the law books now and I have no idea how I did it. I mean, they just have so zero interest for me now, but hey, when you have the passion at the right point in time, that's all you need. Right. So, well, three years later, I became an attorney, and uh, the degree has been useful, not in the sense of having clients, but just in, uh, in terms of my writing, in terms of a lot of philosophies, and we're getting a lot more into medical legal issues now than we ever did before, because amongst other things, and this might represent a future book, I don't know, and that's going to be entitled something along the lines of negligent manslaughter. Your doctor doesn't have a right to kill you. Right. Which is where the doctor denies a family intravenous vitamin C in the intensive care unit for anything. Mm -hmm. They die a day or two later. That's as clear cut manslaughter, possible homicide as I can think of. Mm -hmm. Let me get, let me give you a quick example on that. I have a very good friend of mine whose wife had suffered from ITP, which is idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura for our listening audience, years back, and had uh, been hospitalized and had developed lung infections, pseudomonas in the lungs, and had been really debilitated. She was in the hospital for, gosh, and had been sick for several years. She got out, 
and still had the problem in her lungs, had been severely damaged by the pseudomonas infection. She was still growing out pseudomonas out of her lungs. And she ended up going back into the hospital and was in the hospital, gee, for a year in ICU care. And I would go by and visit. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and she'd been a good friend. And, I, and, 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 and they, were in their, they were older in their 70s. I guess she was in her early, maybe she was even in her early 80s. So anyway, I'd go by and visit them regularly in the hospital. And finally, I was on my way out of town one day. I was traveling with some of my staff to a conference in San Diego. On the way to the airport, I called up to see how my friend's wife was doing, and he said, I think she's going to go today. I think it's it. You know, she's an, she's an extremist right now. I had my driver stop, take me to the hospital, and I went to meet with him. And I said, for crying out loud to my friend, she needs, she's got scurvy. She needs to be on vitamin C. Look at her. She needs, and I've been telling, this, I've been telling him this for weeks. She's got to get some vitamin C. Got to have vitamin C because her skin was peeling off. It was scurvy. You know, it was obvious to any unbiased observer. And so he would talk to the, the hospitalist, hospitalist there and, no, it was a woman. No, we're not a woman doctor. No, we're not going to do that. We don't know if it'll work. We don't know how it would affect the drugs she's on. Finally, I said, I said to my friend, you've got to get them in. Got to get her on vitamin C. Well, long story short, I left. I thought it was over. You know, this was on a Thursday, and I was sure when I came back it would be over. Well, I come back, and she's still alive. As a matter of fact, I go visit her on Monday, and she's sitting in bed talking to me. I said, what in the world happened? Now, she had been growing out three different uh, bacteria from her large intestine, bacteroides and several other. And she had sepsis. She had three different bacteria she's growing in her blood. I mean, she's a goner. The chances of her surviving are slim and none, especially with her long-term health problems. And anyway, he said, I finally convinced the doctor to use vitamin C. And they gave her an IV of vitamin C, and she perked up. I mean, it was incredible. Now... Since then, long and short, I mean, she's passed away uh, several years back. Now, this goes back, you know, four or five years ago, uh, four years ago when that happened. But anyway, she survived that and survived another six or eight months. Now, she should have been on regular doses of IV vitamin C, and, and, and they, had to, they would bring it to her and they would grind it up because the hospital wouldn't give it to her. <laughs> they wouldn't give it, so they'd have to take the capsules, ground her up, and give her in water so she could, <laughs> so she could take it by mouth. Believe it or not, that's how backwards things are. But a week after she recovered from, uh, from being on death's bed with the IV vitamin C, Dr. Merrick uh, out of Virginia came out. Is it Merrick who came out with his article? In, and it was 2017. On, right. he, he was an ICU specialist, and he was treating individuals with sepsis and with antibiotics. And he had a, only, he had a, there, was, there was a 40% death rate, and he decided to put them on it. IV vitamin C, uh, cortisol, and thiamine, and he and he reduced the death rate to eight percent. Incredible. Now, yeah, that was Doctor. Wasn't it Doctor Merrick? You know who I'm talking about. It was written up in Chess Magazine. Yes, Doctor Paul Merrick. Uh, yeah, of uh, Virginia. Right. And so my my friend calls me up and said, "You can't believe what I saw on TV. This is the same week." This doctor out of Virginia did exactly what you've been saying we need to do. He's using IV vitamin C, and you know, other patients are getting well. I said, well, that's exactly what happens with vitamin C. And my friend, Dr. Tom Levy's written about this, and he's written about how doctors all the way back to Dr. Klinner and on and on have used vitamin C literally for decades 
to heal viral illnesses and other infectious disease illnesses. And that's what needs to be done. But, you know, you can't get – and then here, listen to this. This is so – this is so telling. So the uh, this lady friend of mine and her husband, she's in the hospital dying, takes a vitamin C, survives, okay? And uh, my friend was talking to the hospital uh, ICU specialist later, and it's a woman doctor, and she didn't like the fact that they gave him vitamin C. She, oh, she didn't like that at all. And he said, well, doctor, if you were on death's bed and you, like my wife was, would you take IV vitamin C? And she said, no, I wouldn't. Can you imagine that? That sounds so ignorant. I mean, this is the way the medical profession is. If the, It's not in a medical book, and they didn't think of it. They've so bought into the box that they protect themselves from natural approaches to health that will not only improve people's health and improve their immune system, literally cure them. That's right, the word cure. It will cure them if they're given uh, given the appropriate medication. And we know that. I mean, for crying out loud, you look at uh, scurvy. Scurvy killed millions of sailors as they sailed the seas from the 1500s to 1800 when finally uh, Dr. I guess it was Lyndon, what was his name, the doctor in Scotland, Came up, James, uh, pardon me, James, James Linden. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Linden in Scotland came up with treatment of scurvy using limes and and uh, citrus juice, and he and he healed the he healed all these uh, naval um, these navy patients that had scurvy. Well, scurvy will kill you if you if that's not having enough vitamin C. It will kill you, and it it cures vitamin C cures scurvy, which is a fatal disease in the end point. So. Scurvy, I mean, so vitamin C and other vitamins have used to cure diseases. Now, we believe that in high doses, it can cure a host of other diseases. And so we're talking with Dr. Thomas Levy, who's a specialist on that. So, Dr. Levy, tell us about, tell us about how we found vitamin C initially to begin with. That was Dr. Sense Gorgia. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Got a Nobel Prize in 1937 on discovering vitamin C. Tell us about that, and then how vitamin C came to be used by Dr. Klinner and others, and you, and what, how you've used it, and what kind of results you've had in using IV vitamin C. Well, it's, it was Dr. I think it's Dr. St. George is how they pronounce right. it, but uh, he uh, not only discovered vitamin C, it's an interesting little story, because uh, he hated paprika, and he didn't like the peppers that paprika were made of, and his wife would be always giving him paprika. Somewhere along the line, in doing his studies on vitamin C, he found that paprika had a high concentration of vitamin C. So he rapidly took all the peppers out of the house and used them for harvesting vitamin C and never had to have paprika again. <laughs> so he, he ended up getting the Nobel Prize for that. But the person that really deserved the Nobel Prize, in my humble opinion, was Dr. Kletter. Right. Because somehow, and I've talk to some people that knew Klenner, and I never can get a clear-cut answer. How do you go from taking something that's never been given to anybody before and not only giving them a dose of it on a regular basis, giving them an astronomical dose? But somewhere along the line, he just decided that 10, 20, 30, 40 gram uh, administrations intravenously would cure polio, measles, mumps, all the viral infectious diseases, uh, and many bacterial diseases as well. And he also, in the same fashion, found out 
that vitamin C was the ultimate antitoxin. And for this, that might seem strange to some people, but not when you realize that all a toxin is, is something that causes a pro-oxidant or oxidating effect. That's how a toxin exerts its toxicity by oxidizing a biomolecule. And let me stop right there, folks. Oxidizing is like rust. You leave your bicycle out uh, out in the weather, and all of a sudden the the rim of the bicycle or the bicycle itself gets all that rust on it. That's oxidation. That's what happens in cells when they're oxidized. And vitamin C is an antioxidant. Go ahead. And so it turns out that that's all any toxin does. You have different toxins that have different effects because they have different chemical configurations and go into different tissues. But <clears throat> the entirety of disease is oxidized biomolecules. And this is why vitamin C is such a broad spectrum agent. Wherever there's oxidized biomolecules, vitamin C can reduce them, give them electrons again, and restore their normal function. And it's the restoration of the normal function of a previously oxidized biomolecule that results in any positive clinical response to anything. <clears throat> so, Clatter got these principles down very well. And then, mm, probably uh, late in Dr. Clatter's life and career, along comes Dr. Linus Pauling, who uh, was certainly not a clinician, but an extraordinarily brilliant person. And he, with his book, um, I can't remember the whole name, How to Live Longer, Live Better, etc., he got widespread notoriety, if you will, for vitamin C. And him along with Erwin Stone, Erwin Stone wrote a book similar to mine that actually I modeled mine after and just updated all the research uh, where he looked at vitamin C and all the different diseases, all the different infections and all the data. It was Erwin Stone that got Dr. Pauling interested. Dr. Pauling spread the message to the world. Then along comes Dr. Hugh Reardon, of the Reardon Clinic right. uh, in Wichita that starts giving huge amounts. And somebody who's not recognized but had a big role in this because he knew Kletter personally, he knew Stone personally, he had frequent chats with Pauling, uh, is Dr. Charles Mary of New Orleans. He used vitamin C for 40 years in the same way that Dr. Kletter did. So I consider him, after Pauling, then, then, uh, then Dr. Reardon, Dr. Cathcart, and currently at the Reardon Clinic, Dr. Honeyhacky. To me, that's your sequence of clinical vitamin C pioneers. And you're in that too, sir. You're in that list of a vitamin C pioneer. You are. You've done wonderful work, and you promoted this. So let's, let's talk about your use and your clinical practice of vitamin C. How does this work out in a practical sense? By the way, here at the OC Health and Wellness Center, we do have an IV room, and we do use IV vitamin C, and, and we use Myra cocktails, we use NAD, we use glutathione, we have uh, ozone therapy and other, uh, as, as well as uh, stem cell exosomes. We, we use all these in our therapeutic approaches with our, our patients. And I, want to, as, uh, and I want to do a whole lot more, especially with vitamin C, and so let's talk about your use of vitamin C, particularly with, with viral illnesses. What experience can you share with us about that? Well, two of the more noteworthy uh, occasions uh, was uh, uh, a couple 
uh, college students at one time or another came in with uh, infectious mononucleosis and their disease was had been so chronic and so progressive that after several months they had to drop out of college. And incredibly enough, uh, not that we didn't suspect this would be the case, but just after two infusions of vitamin C, one day, the next day, they were fine. I had another fellow that out of Boulder, Colorado, uh, that came in with West Nile virus and elevated liver enzymes, and everybody thought it's a horrible hepatitis, this out of the other. Same thing. Two or three days in a row of intravenous vitamin C, his liver enzymes came down to normal, and he completely eliminated having the West Nile virus completely. Basically, <clears throat> that's the case with vitamin C and a virus. Vitamin C is what I call an absolute viricide. It will destroy any virus that it comes in contact with. And in the medical literature, that's what it has done. There has never been a virus against which vitamin C has been tested where it is not completely neutralized and or broken down the structure of the virus. And surprise, surprise, that's the same thing we're seeing with the coronavirus now uh, in New York, uh, in China. Uh, Singapore, South Korea, all these have used All of these places. Right. So uh, it's an absolute viricide. It will, it will bail you out every time unless you just start the therapy when the patient is already too close to death. Now, talk about the doses that you would use. If somebody came in with the flu or somebody came in and they had the coronavirus, what is your, what is your protocol going to be with, the, with, with that? Or what would you recommend uh, in those kind of guests? Patient. Well, I'll be honest, um, my philosophy and my approach has changed a lot since Dr. Merrick's work because of he used what we consider to be a very tiny amount of vitamin he C. He did, I know that. 1.5 grams every six hours. Right. But the big thing is every six hours. Right. We give 50 grams up all at once and it's out of the body in two or three hours. Right. When you, when you give something every six hours, you keep a level of the vitamin C in the blood. So, uh, and even more important, I, even more important than keeping that level in the blood, there's even a better level within the cells. That's where you want to keep that vitamin C, that vitamin C level elevated in the cells. You got to have it elevated in the blood at a good level to get it in the cells. But the cell, remember, folks, it's in the cells that vitamin C does its work, and all the vitamins do the work within the cells of the body. The blood is simply a transport mechanism to get the important vitamins, minerals, and nutrients into your cells so your cells can produce energy within the mitochondria, the power plants of the cells, so you produce electrical energy, so you drive all the biochemical processes, so your organs work well. That's what it does. Go ahead. Well, so my practical approach, if it were me, and I had a physician, uh, a friend who would give me whatever I want, I would take 25 grams every six hours. That would be my approach, okay, for 100 right. grams a day. Now, even today, there are physicians who want to use vitamin C, but the super big dose is scarum. So a really practical approach, I think, would be for most patients to be on 10 grams every six hours. And I think that will give fantastic coverage. I might add that Dr. Merrick studied, he added the hydrocortisone and the thiamine, right. not necessary. They reproduced the same study. Actually, they didn't reproduce it. It was before Dr. Merrick's study where they did the same thing in Iran, of all places. 
and cured patients of sepsis with the same percentage that Merrick did using just about, I think it was two grams of vitamin C every six hours. The thing is, is in sepsis, you have a natural elevation of the cortisol level trying to compensate for the oxidation of the cortisol receptors. Obviously, you can't compensate for a cortisol receptor being oxidized. It has to be reduced. Right. Function. Yeah. So you give a little vitamin C, you reduce the receptors, the hydrocortisone binds them, and then you come out of the syndrome fairly quickly. That's which, which is what we recommend now for anybody that has flu or a viral type illness, or if you even thought you might have the coronavirus, what we would recommend is vitamin C. Now, here's what I've done. Here's what I've done uh, with with people that are concerned about their health, especially with this current coronavirus situation. One thing, Doctor. Levy, I have seen on TV, none of the government-paid health bureaucrats, none of the conventional medicine gurus, surely none of the media, none of the politicians have recommended people taking charge of their health and building up and strengthening their own immune system. All, their, all they have is reaction towards this virus. And by the way, this virus to date pales in significance to the annual damage the flu virus causes worldwide. Every year, on an average, according to the WHO World Health Organization, approximately 650,000 people die of the flu or flu-related illnesses every year. In the United States, it is averaged 50,000 a year. That turns out to be somewhere around 300 people a day from October 1st to the end of March would die of the flu. But we don't want to say anything about that. You know, nobody stopped work. Nobody closes down the churches or schools because of the flu. But now we've got the coronavirus, which doesn't have near, although it's, I'm not saying the coronavirus is not real. Obviously, if you got the virus and you're in one of the risk categories, if you're elderly, infirm, debilitated, you've got congestive heart failure, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or diabetes or obesity, a host of other health problems, yes, you could be susceptible and have a severe case. The vast majority, people 98 or 99% will not have that. 10% might have severe problems. 90% won't have it. 25% get the disease and they're asymptomatic. The other uh, 65% have mild to moderate symptoms, and that's just the way it is. But it's it's with the LRC. So what 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 I have recommended for those and now the people at our center here at those health and wellness center we have strong doses of vitamins and minerals, but I've been on fifty five radio programs across the country in the last three weeks, and here's what I tell them: take charge of your health, folks. Don't just think, oh, I can wash my hands and stay away from everybody else, and you know, keep living like I'm living with bad eating habits and no vitamins and minerals and nutrients, and expect to stay healthy. First, change your eating habits. Eat healthy, eat whole, uh, whole, uh, whole foods, and eliminate the simple carbs which convert to sugar and depress the immune system and create inflammation. At least now, during this time of the year, during the flu season or the, the winter season when people tend to get ill. And then take vitamins and minerals. And here's what I recommend. A, B, C, D, and Z. A, B, C, D, and Z, and probiotics. So I have an immune pack. Dr. Hochi's immune pack that I started three weeks ago. And the reason I did this, doctor, is because people were, after I've been on these radio programs, and I've been on from San Diego 
to Long Island, from Portland, Oregon, all the way down to Miami, Minneapolis, you name it. I've been all over the country. And every time I'm on, they call up my vitamin store, Hosey Vitamins, wanting to know what they need to take. So I created Dr. Hosey's Immune Pack, and I've got uh, I've got vitamin A, B-complex in it. I've got 6,000 of C. I've got 10,000 international units of D. I've got zinc, 30 milligrams, and I've got probiotics in that as a building block to build up your immune system. But when I talked about on Fox News, I was on Fox News on March 15th. I was on Sunday on the Corona Pandemic Update. And I said just what I said here. You can't depend upon anybody but yourself to improve your health. And I recommended vitamin and mineral supplementation. And, you know, they looked at me like I was cross-eyed. I had some other doctor on, and well, this isn't going to help. Believe it or not, yesterday, two days ago in Houston, two days ago, I have a good friend of mine that has a, that has a uh, Sam Malone who's got a program, radio program in Houston, Texas, and he had on the director of the FDA. I believe his name is Gottlieb. That may have been the last director, but the I'm talking about the FDA director who comes from Houston. Who was a radiologist? He was at MD Anderson, and he was administrator there. And he ended up going with the FDA. So he's interviewing about the coronavirus with this doctor, and then he said, "He said, well, doctor, what about building?" This is Sam Malone says to this doctor, head of the FDA, "What about building up your immune system?" He said, "Hosey, I sounded like you." Why don't we take vitamin A, B, C, D, and Z, doctor, and build up the immune system? You know what he said? There's no proof that any of that helps. <laughs> That's what he said. That's the head of the FDA. And I, I said, Sam, do you have that on tape? He said, I didn't tape it. I said, how do you not tape your radio program? I'd love to have that on tape. But that's what he, that's what he related to me. So, anyway, that's what I'm recommending, and probably – People ought to take magnesium on top of that, no question about it. And I always recommend somewhere between 600 and 1,000 milligrams a day. Get loose stools back up on some. You can't overdose on magnesium. You can't overdose on vitamin C. So those are water-soluble, and your body will use them and get rid of them. And always take those things on an intermittent basis so you keep good blood levels. Let me, uh, let me add a little something there that's might seem off topic, but I would say it's right on topic, especially card with regard to coronavirus and general health. I have found and I'm continuing to see that nearly anybody who does this never progresses with their virus. They don't progress to a cold, they don't progress to the flu, they don't progress to coronavirus, and that's hydrogen peroxide nebulization. I've heard about this. Talk about <clears throat> that. I've heard that. That's very interesting. Well, the thing that happens with any respiratory virus, of which coronavirus is one, and it particularly likes to go down directly into the lungs, is that even when you have a large amount of virus throughout your body, the severity of your illness is largely due to how rapidly you're continuing to multiply the virus in the sinus, nose, throat, and upper respiratory tract. Vita excuse me, hydrogen peroxide, hey, you put it on an open wound, you sterilize the wound. Well, guess what? When you uh, inhale a mist of it in a uh, nebulized type fashion, it does two things. Number one, these bugs in your throat always have biofilms, so they don't respond to antibiotics. They're blocked from it, and a lot of people just keep chronic colonizations, not cold, not flu, colonizations, even though they're not actively infected. The peroxide destroys the biofilm, and then immediately destroys the pathogens, and when you do that, I like to say you lop the head off the viral snake. 
Now, with now that, th- this is what this is a key. This is a really key point you're making. Where and and what in the nebulizer? We can get a nebulizer. I presume you could get it at Walgreens or CVS or any pharmacy, right? Well, uh, I don't know about the pharmacies. You can get them on Amazon, but okay. I've been talking about this enough for the last month or two. Uh, there's a there's quite a few week wait now for it. So they they've gotten low on nebulizers, but. Okay, so uh, how much, how much, how much, what type of hydrogen peroxide do you use? Can you just buy a bottle of hydrogen peroxide? Is that food grade? And, and, and how much do you use? And what do you, uh, how, how do you mix it in your nebulizer? Nebulizer. Food grade would be best, 3%, for long term use. Because I, I found for me it works out well as a lifestyle to keep things normal. On the other hand, of when availability is not there or you see it's going to take a couple of weeks to get the uh, food grade online, absolutely use regular hydrogen peroxide, 50 cents for a pint from Walmart. And what is uh, and what percent is that hydrogen peroxide in that? 3, 3%. So Now, 3%. And, and what you can do, I have found for myself that when you start with already a significant cold and congestion, 3% is very easily tolerable and works quickly. As you have less and less infection, the 3% can cause some burning and irritation, and it's perfectly fine to dilute it 50-50 with water, or dilute it 25-75 water, or even uh, 20-80 with water, and you'll get the same positive effect. But it's good to try to use the maximal concentration up to 3% that you can, that way you get a quick resolution. Let me ask you, if you buy the hydrogen peroxide bottle over-the-counter at CVS or Walgreens, is it 3%? Yes. Okay, good. And, and, and in the nebulizer, there's a little container to put it in, right? That's correct. Okay. And how much do you put in? How much would you say? 1 cc, 2 cc's, 3 cc's, how much? Well, no, uh, well, a good amount. You don't need to necessarily nebulize the whole thing. If you're doing it to preventive measures, five minutes is good. If you're dealing with something you already have, 15 minutes a couple times a day. But just for prophylaxis and keeping yourself well, five minutes with about, you know, four or five cc's. That's a great, great suggestion. My fellow physician here who works with me, my associate at the Hotel Health and Wellness Center, Dr. Don Ellsworth, had mentioned that to me yesterday, so that's very fascinating. And I appreciate your suggestion. Well, we've been visiting with Dr. Levy, and Dr. Levy is a wonderful uh, advocate for natural approaches to health, particularly uh, the use of vitamin C and other vitamin and mineral sports, but particularly vitamin C. He's written numerous books. He's got Magnesium, Reversing Disease, Hidden Epidemic, The Toxic Tooth about why you shouldn't be taking why you, why you shouldn't be having uh, root canals. Death by Calcium, key book. Primal Panacea, which would be about vitamin C. Uh, curing the Incurable, about vitamin C. Stopping America's number one killer, which is heart disease, which you can do using vitamin C. Dr. Pauling wrote about that. Dr. Matthias Rast's book, um, Why Animals Don't Get Heart Attacks, is good on that. Uninformed Consent. He's written numerous... Uh, numerous books you can get you can go to what website to find your work dr levy that'd be a uh, peakenergy.com peak p-e-a-k right correct peakenergy.com 
or you can find his books on Amazon. And I'd highly re- And what about on YouTube? Just YouTube, Dr. Levy, Dr. Thomas Levy? Well, yes. I'm, I don't know how many. There must be 50 videos on YouTube. It seems like every time I do a conference, I don't load up anything on YouTube, but they'll ask for the rights to promote it. I say fine, so they end up putting it online. But I tell you what, 10 years ago, I would get an email and it says, Dr. Levy, I've read all your books. Let me ask you this question. Today, it's Dr. Levy, I've seen all your YouTube videos. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> well, listen, Dr., you've done a remarkable work in bringing the benefits of vitamin C to the general public. And as you say, it's not just good enough to discover these. You've got to promote them so people adopt this. And, I, and uh, so... For you out there in the listening audience, you're listening to a wonderful doctor, and Dr. Levy, who's done a tremendous job in promoting natural, uh, natural approaches to health. Get his book, Curing the Incurable. Use vitamin C. I recommend, whether I don't, I'm sure Dr. Levy will agree with this, 1,000 milligrams per 25 pounds of body, body weight. That means if you weigh 150 pounds, you take 6,000 milligrams a day in divided doses, either two or th- three times a day. You take 2,000 or 3,000 milligrams either twice or three times a day. If you weigh 200 pounds, you take 8,000 milligrams a day in divided doses. Now, let me remind you, we didn't talk about this. We need vitamin C, folks, because for some reason in God's providence, he doesn't let us make it. All the other mammals and all the other vertebrates in God's creation, with the exception of monkeys and guinea pigs and some weird rat in South, uh, some weird bat in South America, don't make vitamin, don't make vitamin C. All the rest of the mammals... And all the rest of the vertebrates make their own vitamin C, equivalent to a thousand milligrams per twenty-five pounds of body weight. And when they're under stress, they will double or triple their vitamin C amount. And that's the reason Dr. Matthias Rath wrote his book, "Why Animals Don't Get Heart Attacks," because they have plenty of vitamin C. So vitamin Let's C is it. very, very important for the for the prevention now, of heart disease. We now have a supplement based on a discovery in 2017 from olive leaf extract where it does appear you can undo the genetic defect and start synthesizing your own vitamin C. And we've done several studies on it. Uh, obviously, we're getting close to being out of time. I would call Formula 216. It is for, and the website is formula216.com. Fascinating information. Formula216.com. On yes, taking a supplement that allows you now to convert glucose to vitamin C. That's correct, yes. That is fascinating. Fascinating, absolutely. Well, Dr. Levy, thank you, and God bless you and your work. And if you want to find out more about Natural Approaches to Health, you can always call us at 281-698-8698. That's 281-698-8698. You can go to our websites, hotzehwc.com. That's H-O-T-Z-E-H-W-C.com or hotzevitamins.com where we carry all of our supplements, including vitamin C. That's hotzehotzevitamins.com. Thank you for joining us here today at Dr. Hoetze's Wellness Revolution. A special thanks to Physicians Preference Pharmacy, formerly Hoetze Pharmacy, proud sponsor of Dr. Hoetze's Wellness Revolution podcast.
information provided on this radio program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution radio program advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this radio program is at the listener's discretion.